0: This is Bad Attitudes. Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome to another episode of Bad Attitudes, an uninspiring podcast about disability. I'm your host, Laura. Look, dude, you had four full business days to return my call before I wrote this episode. Whatever happens now is on you. Today's episode is sponsored by Michael Murphy. Thank you, Michael. If you would like to sponsor an episode, visit ko-fi.com slash badattitudespod and make a donation. Every donation gets a shout-out in a future episode, and your donations help keep the pod running. If you like this episode, share it and the podcast with your friends. Word of mouth is absolutely the best way to grow this podcast and our community. And please make sure you are rating and reviewing the podcast on your preferred platform. It really helps me out. For questions, comments, or ideas, email badattitudespod at gmail.com or reach out through social media. Follow at Bad Attitudes Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As always, I want to remind you that disability is not a monolith. My experience as a disabled person is going to be different from the experiences of other disabled people. I am one voice for the disabled community, but I am not the only voice. A couple of weeks ago, I made an appointment with an ENT. I managed to get some impacted wax in my ear, which is not a problem I usually have, and I had to get it seen about. I could have gone to my GP, but given that I had issues with my eustachian tubes only a month or two previously, I decided to go to a specialist, just in case things weren't so cut and dry. I made the appointment through the office's online portal. I had not been there before as a patient, but it didn't require a referral, and the office is actually in the same compound as my GP's office. The day before my appointment, I completed the e-check-in. Because I was not a previous patient, and I have a whole host of medicinal allergies, it's easier to do that than to go through all the paperwork in the office. The last step of the check-in process is your insurance information, where they ask that you choose your insurance provider from a drop-down menu and provide an image of the front and back of your insurance card. I did both. Imagine my surprise when I arrived for my appointment the next day, handed over my ID and insurance card, and was told they no longer accept my insurance. You mean the same insurance I chose from your drop-down menu and the same insurance indicated by the insurance card you required me to scan an image of. How long since you stopped accepting it? May 15th. May 15th, nearly a month ago. But it's still available for choosing on your patient portal, and there was no kind of indication or pop up or warning that you would not be accepting my insurance. That's basically the definition of a bait and switch. Essentially, if I wanted to be seen, my only option was to pay a $250 self pay fee. It wasn't a true emergency. I could have left. But I was extremely uncomfortable, my hearing was compromised, and, frankly, I didn't think I could wait another day or however long it would take to get an appointment with my GP. So I reluctantly ponied up the 250. Was it worth it? Yes. The ENT cleaned out my ear and double-checked that everything was copacetic, There were no underlying problems or infection. I felt much better. As I left, I asked to speak to the office manager. I wasn't thrilled about having to utter those words. I'm no Karen. Conveniently, he was out of office. I had already been told by the nurse that he had a meeting that afternoon, so I wasn't surprised and it didn't feel like a dodge. I got his business card and was on my way. The annoying thing is that his card only had a phone number and no email address. In the first place, I'm a millennial. You know how we feel about phone calls. In the second place, I like being able to have a written record of communication in situations like these. When your only communication is via phone and voicemail, there's always the chance that one party will behave contrary to whatever they indicate during the call. When I arrived home, I called the office manager and left a message on his voicemail indicating the process I had gone through and my dissatisfaction at being brought into the office under false pretenses. Had I known they didn't accept my insurance, I would have found another option. I also told him that no one had indicated if I would be billed further and if so, what that amount might be. I accept partial fault. I should have asked about that. Basically, I asked him, what can you do for me? I expected a call back to, at the very least, apologize for the misunderstanding, but nothing. After four full business days and an entire weekend, I have yet to hear back from him. I'm lucky that I was able to afford that $250 self-pay fee. For any number of disabled patients, that would break them. They would be unable to pay and therefore would not have been seen. And if they were in more serious need than I was, that could have been detrimental to their health. My main issue was my comfort. My health and well-being were not severely compromised. But if someone's health was compromised and they couldn't afford to pay out of pocket, what would they do? You might wonder why the office was no longer accepting my particular insurance. The party line is... They couldn't reach an agreement. Basically, somebody wanted more money than the other person was willing to pay. Which is the big problem with the insurance industry. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful to have decent insurance in a country where not having insurance can be the difference between life and death. But insurance companies aren't beholden to the people they're supposed to help. Their customers are not their priority. Their stakeholders are. The sole purpose of insurance companies, whether health insurance, car insurance, home insurance, whatever, is to bring in as much money as possible and to avoid spending as much money as possible. Insurance sells itself as a helpful product for the average citizen, but realistically they care about helping very little. This is just one more example as to why the U.S. healthcare system needs to be overhauled but is also a pretty clear indication of why it won't be, at least not anytime soon. Money. It's always about money, almost never about health or care. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next one.